Welcome to episode 74 of the Spartacus Roosevelt Hour, your weekly dose of shaved heads and Frank Zappa mustaches. I am Spartacus, your host. This week's episode begins with Tumast by the band Tenariwin from their CD Iman Aman. Next we heard the title track from the CD Rainbow. That's by Boris and Michio Kurahawa. That's courtesy Drag City. Michio is also in the band Ghost. And this set ended with MCP by Growing from their CD Vision Swim. Show notes, feed information, direct downloads, all that stuff. SpartacusRoosevelt.com Stay tuned at the end of the show for the first ever Spartacus Roosevelt interview. This will be with J.C. Hutchins, the author of the Seventh Son series of novels and podcasts. This next set begins with the track Tooth Sub by Video Hippos from their CD Unbeast the Leash. That's courtesy of Monitor Records.
Thank you.
That was Blues Control from their self-titled CD. The track is called Boiled Peanuts. Before that, we heard the track Following Electroacoustic Theory by MGR and Sir DSS from the CD Impromptu on Row. Before that, we heard Shogun Kunitoki from the CD Tasan Kokeku. The track is Levenin. And that set began with Tooth Sub by Video Hippos, courtesy of Monitor Records. This next set begins with the track Lobby by the Kilimanjaro Dark Jazz Ensemble from their self-titled CD. When they're giving me permission, they told me they're working on their new CDs, so we can look forward to that release in the next few months.
That was Nathan Fake from the CD Drowning in a Sea of Love. The track is called Superpositions. Before that, we heard the track Tram 21 by Electrolane from their CD No Shouts, No Calls. Before Electrolane, we heard the track Meteor Shower Geo by Astrocan Caravan from the CD 21st Century Drifting Episode. And that set began with Lobby by Kilimanjaro Dark Jazz Ensemble. This week, the music ends with a track by Few Therese on Constellation Records. The track is Ce n'est pas le Jardin de Luxembourg. Stay tuned for that J.C. Hutchins interview.
Before we go into the J.C. Hutchins interview, which is about 20 minutes, so I'm going to just go straight into that, uh, I'd like to thank Guy David from a whole series of podcasts. He is an Israeli guy. He does his own music, and he does, I think, three podcasts at this point. Um, he's a big fan of the show. He's given me big ups in his show, and he has... Uh, sent several supportive emails lately and just want to thank him for the support so into spartacus roosevelt interview number one jc hutchins author of the seventh son series of novels and podcasts hey spartacus it is a pleasure to be on the show thanks for having me well, I'm glad to have you here in the first of our series of interviews. So, Seventh Son uh, starts hitting the feed any day now uh, at the recording of this interview. Are you excited about starting the third novel? Oh, my gosh. I am thrilled. Um, you, you know, it's one of these things of when, you, when you're watching a movie, let, let's say you're watching a 90-minute 90, 90 action movie, and you, you get through the first 60 minutes, and you know that the last act, those last 30 minutes are going to be the best. They're going to be the ones that are the most action-packed and the most thrilling. Well, that's kind of the equivalent of, of the third novel in the Seventh Son trilogy, where you know the first book that came out in early 2006 was, was all about setup and mystery. The second book that was concluded quite recently, a couple months ago, um, was all about enhancing in, in the mystery and ratcheting up the tension. And book three, which will be debuting on July 7th, yes, this is where it not only all comes to an end, but where all the pistons are firing. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I know. I, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, as I told you in our pre-show, I listen to serialized novels all at once. So now that the second one's through, I'm about to get started with the uh, listening to them all in a stretch. Let me ask you my standard opening question, even though we're past the opening what got you into writing science fiction? If I was asking a musician, it's what is the album that said made you say, I want to do this? Who's the author of the book that made you want to be in literature? Right. Well, you know what? For, for me, and I, this this may sound like a very predictable answer, but but it's the King himself, Stephen King. Um, this this guy is is a fantastic writer, and while he is a horror writer, uh, I think that a lot of people kind of discount the fact that you know, they, oh, I don't like horror, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read his stuff. But but Stephen King did a really good job of of building tension and creating characters who are so believable. And he does it, and he, and he puts these very normal, believable characters in these very extraordinary circumstances. And how they react, you know, I always I always enjoyed reading him um, when I was younger, and just kind of understanding that how these characters would react to these terrible incidents, you know, is just like I would react to these terrible things. He has a really good job of painting very, very vivid characters. And, and, and of course, um, you know, he has a, a really interesting style that um, isn't highfalutin, if you know what I mean. It's, it's real down-to-earth, where, where you can not only 
believe, find the characters believable, but find the world in which the story takes place to also be very believable. And, and those, those, those major points that I just made are really what I was going for in writing Seventh Son. You know, Seventh Son isn't a horror story, but it, and it does have science fiction elements in it, but, but because the story takes place in present day, I want to make sure that the world in which the story takes place is, is just as believable as the world that you and I, you know, interact with on a daily basis. And to have my characters also be um, as believable as possible. My wife is a huge Stephen King fan. She spent a lot of time working on her MLA trying to convince her advisor that the Dark Tower series was worthy of serious literary analysis. And wow. <laughs> did, did she pull it off? She uh, did not pull that off, but she did uh, win some converts. She hasn't written the thesis <laughs> yet, so uh, we'll, we'll see when that when and it all comes down to the end if that's what our thesis is on. But uh, right. going back to what you were just saying, Seventh Son is a very present-day feeling series. There, there seems to me, as sort of a casual science fiction reader, to be two schools, the future spaceships, faster than light, speed travel sort of science fiction, and things that are day after tomorrow, the technology advances to that next step sort of thing. Uh, is that the sort of science fiction you've always been interested in writing? Well, well, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly, you know, I haven't, I didn't actually read bona fide science fiction novels the way, you know, the, you know, spaceships and astronauts until much later in my life. In fact, you know, it, within the last two years, and this was years after I'd actually finished reading Seventh, of uh, writing Seventh Son. Yeah, I, I wrote Seventh Son from 2002 to 2004, and I'll say that I started fancying myself a, a science fiction reader bona fide probably a year or two after that. So, science fiction novels are, are a fairly new phenomenon for me. However, um, I love I love sci-fi movies and the ones that that really kind of tickle me the most are the ones where you have where it's as just as about as believable as possible and, and when I when I was writing Seventh Son despite the fact that yes it is place in present day or just a little bit into the future um, we I do not think that this isn't the story for about flying cars, you know. I didn't I didn't want to have flying cars or people wearing silver cosmonaut suits walking around and doing spacewalks and that sort of thing. It just it just didn't seem believable to me. I've always kind of gravitated to stories that that I can connect with. And for the longest time, whenever I see a car, uh, you know, flying in a movie or something like that or reading it in a book, it's an automatic turnoff for me because you know, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't seem believable, and and I know that I keep coming back to that, but it was something that that was really important to me in writing Seven Sun was to kind of have a level of authenticity that that the that the reader could connect with, and because you know because I was writing a book that that I wanted to read, you know, at the end of the day, I I thought that well if I had to take place in present day, it, it could not be something that was too far too far ahead. Uh, of where we are in present day technology, and and so while there are some very um, fantastic technologies that that happen in Seventh Son, because we're talking about a story about human cloning, and a story that that you know where where human memories can be recorded and stored into a, a digital hard drive, you know that sort of thing, I I made it I, the re, the way I was able to kind of explain that in a believable way was to was to insist that the techno those technologies had been created. 
15, 20 years ago by a secret government you know, project, and we just never knew about them until now. So, so by kind of rewriting the past, I was able to help make it feel believable in the present. Does that make sense? Very much so. And some of these technologies you talk about aren't that different from things the transhumanists are, are clamoring for right now, the let me download my memory into a machine and live forever let me clone a new one of myself and put my memories in that and I have virtual immortality I mean that stuff people are striving for today so it's it's very grounded in like I said the day after tomorrow sort of feel to it that's right, and there's a there's a gentleman who kind of who, who's almost at the the vanguard of this, a guy named Ray Kurzweil, and um, his book that he wrote, I don't know, maybe back in maybe several years ago, called The Age of Spiritual Machines, which is a fascinating read. Um, I really recommend just about anybody who's even remotely interested in, you know, kind of seeing seeing hearing someone p- put forth a very reasonable vision of what the future will bring us in the next ten, twenty, fifty years. Uh, that really kind of opened up my mind. To the idea of um, uh, of this kind of transhumanism uh, approach of you know, how could how could we harness technology to to um, to help us live longer or to learn more and and that was actually a pretty big springboard for the inspiration for Seventh Son. So for the, my listeners who have not heard the first two novels, can you give me the Reader's Digest condensed version? Sure, sure. I'll do my elevator pitch. <laughs> well, well, Seventh Seventh Son, as, as I mentioned, it's it's a it's a story that takes place in present day. You know, I, the 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 phrase sci-fi seems to scare off a lot of people, so I want to kind of pull it back and say that it's a it's a techno thriller. If you, if you're a fan of of Michael Crichton's movies or his 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 books, you know stuff like Jurassic Park. Um, this this you know where where you've got some really high tech stuff that's happening, but again, the world is very believable. Th- this may this may resonate with you. I, again, I want to stress that you know we don't have flying cars in this book. Well, well, Seventh Son is a podcast novel, and it's it's a book that you can. That you can download to your computer and listen just like you can with with uh, with Spartacus's show here and you know, other shows like the Daily Source Code or whatever. But unlike those shows, um, you have to actually kind of go back and listen to the story from the very beginning, and and go back in time and and download these episodes to kind of catch up with where the story is now. That's just kind of the the, the general description of what a of what a podcast novel or also a, a patio book is. Now now going back to the beginning of the story, it starts off with the murder of the president of the United States at a political rally. Uh, the president is working the crowd. He's just announced his re-election campaign for for uh, for 2008. He's uh, shaking hands and he picks up a baby to to kiss the baby on the cheek. We've all seen this in the movies. And 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 instead of the politician getting a nice you know smacker on the kid, the kid, this four year old boy, pulls out a knife and slices the president's throat from ear to ear. Ugh. <laughs> it is uh it's a, it's a pretty grisly and and pretty pretty jaw dropping opening to the story and um and, and I have so many folks who who tell me that the first 5 minutes of this novel were the reason why they are still listening to it today in the story 3 weeks later uh seven men who are complete strangers they don't know each other uh, and they live in different parts of the country they're kidnapped and they're brought to this super secret government facility in rural Virginia. It's it's a facility that's about a mile underground and uh, completely sealed away from the world. And these guys are basically thrown into a room and they start looking at each other. And despite the fact that one of them's really fat and one of them's really thin and you know one of them has a ponytail or something like that, 
they all appear to be the same man, identical men. And they start to speak. And one of them says, well, you know, you obviously look like my brother, but I didn't have a brother growing up in, in, in Indiana. I grew up in Indianapolis in a specific neighborhood as an only child. And then the other people in the group say, no, no, I grew up as an only child in Indianapolis in this neighborhood. You can't be my brother. So they start to truly freak out. And, and a guy in a lab coat comes in and kind of lays it all out for them and says, um, obviously you notice that you all appear to be the same person. That's because you are human clones. You have been unwitting participants in a human cloning experiment. Sixteen years ago, we had a, a test subject here at this facility, someone who we've codenamed John Alpha. And we not only recorded his entire human memories, his entire human experience from birth to the age of 14 or 15, but we also took a sample of his DNA. We grew seven copies of him and then downloaded his childhood, those seven clones. And then we released those seven clones into different parts of the country to be by foster parents. Those clones are you. You have the same identical childhood memories. Well, this makes them freak out even more. And, and they wonder why the, the, the scientist has brought them here. If this was such a secret experiment, they ask, why, why are we here talking to you right now? And that's when the scientist replies, we want you to stop the man who's behind the murder of the president. Who is that, they ask. Well, it's the guy that you were cloned from, this kid named John Alva, who is now a grown man. And we think that his, his, um, his ambitions for, for chaos have just started with the murder of the president. And because you have his childhood memories, we think that you are best equipped to hunt him and to stop him before he goes any further with his plans. And that's basically what Seventh Son is about. So many novels seem to pursue the dark side of cloning and, and genetic experimentation. I'm thinking now, I, I just saw The Island on HBO, which right. could, have, could have been such a better movie, but the, the, the basic plot is such a dark view of cloning. What's your personal view of the technology? Are there pluses? Are there minuses? What's your view of this? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm... I'd like to say that I was a fence setter, or, uh, and, uh, but I'm not really. Um, one of the things about Seventh Son, and in, in writing Seventh Son, um, I wanted to make sure that, that there was a nice twist on the human cloning story in that the clones in this story are not the villains. You know, there's, they are the heroes of the story. And it's the actual, their genetic progenitor, the actual flesh and blood original human, I guess, that is, that's causing all the problems. And, and, and in writing this book and in kind of exploring some of the, some of the subtext that kind of comes with this, you know, such as spirituality and bioethics, um, Am I am I against it? Am I for it? You know, I got I got to tell you that I'm kind of for it. I, I'm I'm pretty curious to see where where we go with this technology. Now, I think that human cloning is is borderline worthless if we are unable to clone the human memory or the the, the intelligence of a person, much like we see in my book, uh, because cloning cloning a cloning a person does not bring the, a person's memories with them it does not bring their their personalities it's just a, a new a new form a new body that has to learn all of these things all over again and, and i think and for that reason i think that there's you know that's you know there's very little value in that but but if we're able to for instance uh you know clone a very uh, a, a preeminent scientist or or um you know a, 
an ethicist or, or, or a philosopher or something and, and you know on his deathbed and to bring him back to continue his research or to continue his his, his lifespan I think there's a lot of promise there I don't think that we will see that for 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 decades but I do think that you know maybe by the end of the century it might be more commonplace than you think my undergraduate degree is in psychology, and I'm always amazed by the steps that neuropsychology are taking, what, what we're figuring out in the brain and what it does. So uh, some of these technologies cannot be too far in the, in the future. Let's do a quick subject change. I know for me, I'm amazed that I get on the mic every couple of weeks, and I have... I don't have near the listeners you do, but I have listeners that have contacted me from uh, about 20 countries all over the world, and I'm amazed that me sitting in my house in Alabama can reach all these people. What what sort of opportunities and, and, and just how has it affected you to be able to go from being a guy sitting in his house in Florida to someone with thousands of people listening to your writings? And amazingly, I'm still just a guy talking to it in a mic in Florida <laughs> after it's all said and done. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And and one of the main reasons why I'm so flattered by this is that you know, when I try, I mean, I, I wrote this novel, you know, this the trilogy from 2002 to 2004, and I tried to actually publish her for it in 2005. By the end of that year, I'd received so many no's that I was half, con- well, more than half convinced that, that this story wasn't any good and that it would never find a home. It would never find an audience. When I began podcasting it in 2006 as kind of like a last-ditch effort to see if this thing you know, had, a, had a future, um, I was immediate, immediately blown away by, by, the, the, by the listener reaction and email. I'm still blown away by that. Um, as the as the the success of the podcast has grown and the listenership has grown, I have become even more impressed by by what my listeners are are, are doing. They are creating content, bona fide, real artistic content inspired by my story. They send it to me and I post it on my website. You know, they 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 write songs, they write poems, they they write philosophical essays. They they create virtual reality tours of, of this super secret government facility talking about. They they buy T shirts of Seven Sun and they send me photographs of them wearing T shirts. It's it's truly humbling and it's amazing. I get phone calls from I got a phone call uh, last week from Zimbabwe. Zimb- how do you wrap your brain around that Zimbabwe and, and so and so I get really I'm really touched by it in fact you know if I continue down this path I'll probably get a little misty eyed so I'd better pull myself back a little bit but I'm always so humbled and amazed by not only the sheer numbers of, of emails and, and instant messages and photographs and stuff that I receive weekly, um, but but the enthusiasm and and the feedback that they send me it's it's very validating and very rewarding, especially considering where I was coming from with this book when I thought that it didn't have a future and it didn't have um, it would never find an audience. So this has been a this has been very a very rewarding experience for me personally and emotionally. So you said you finished this series of novels in 2004. Do you have anything else in the can? Nothing in the can. Um, what I did was is that you know I spent I spent a year slacking off of my writing while I was trying to uh, to to, re- to 
to find a home for Seven Son as in a publisher. This was in 2005. If I had been wise, I should have been writing during that time. Since 2006, when I started um, podcasting the book, you know, I am shocked because I'm so shocked by um, the the success of this book and the way I've been marketing it and the way I've been releasing it and the sheer volume of, of feedback that I've been receiving. This thing has kind of transmogrified into a, a bona fide second full-time job for me. It is, I come home from work and I f- open up my laptop and I just work on this thing in one form or another until I go to bed. Even now, during the hiatus, you know, it's it's still very intense. So, uh, during the past few years while I've been podcasting it, I have not done any writing. However, um, I do have very, very cool up my sleeve, and I've been doing some research on um, on artificial intelligence and and, um, and computers, uh, the ability to become self-aware, that sort of thing for my next project, which I hope to begin writing as soon as Seventh Son Book 3 concludes, and that project will is, code, is well, codenamed. It's tentatively titled Meme, M-E-M-E, about, a, about an artificial intelligence uh, pro, uh, system. Set place, set, this is also set in present day, that becomes self-aware and decides to you know, enslave the human race, of course. <laughs> They can't decide to feed the poor or anything like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah, why? Why can't let's let's grow some wheat in the Sahara Desert, guys? Let's work on that. But no, we got to enslave the human race. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're coming close to the end of our window, so why don't you give all the valid websites and such like that? Well, as I, as I mentioned earlier in this, and, and, and Spartacus did too, uh, book one in the Seventh Son trilogy titled Descent and book two in the trilogy titled Deceit are, are complete. They are, the, the, the novels are complete so you can download them and listen to them at your leisure. Um, they're also completely free. There's no, there's no scam here. I'm not trying to, uh, get money out of anybody. As a matter of fact, I act, I actively discourage people sending me money. So, so there's nothing there. There's no risk on your rent there. If you're looking for uh, a story that, that, that kind of plays with high concept, uh, high tech in present day, this is a good fit for you. And it, you should check it out at uh, jchutchins.net. That's my personal website. And you can also find it at another website called patiobooks.com. The patiobooks.com model where you can tell it to send you a show a day or two shows a day or things like that. That's a great way to listen to these novels. It's a super service. And I, I have found that... that really enjoy brand new listeners really enjoy the patiobooks.com version because they're able to quickly catch up with the story and then as the story unfolds they will often go to my go to, to the to the to the version that's being released through my website because there's often some additional content in there you know, special bonus episodes fan created videos that sort of thing well JC I think we're going to wrap this up this has been the Spartacus Roosevelt interview series Issue 1 with J.C. Hutchins. I'd like to thank you for coming on with us, J.C. Oh, Spartacus, I've had a great time. Thanks for having me. No problem. And once again, that's jchutchins.com, correct? It's jchutchins.net. .net, of course. I knew I was yeah. going to mess that up. That's no, okay. Thanks. I mess I mess it up, too. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. <laughs>